Hello, everyone. Welcome to a new episode of Friend Code. I'm your host, Michael Damiani. This week, I'm joined by Matt Simmons of Yo Video Games. Hello, everyone. And uh, something might have happened this past week. Something kind of big. No, what makes you say that? Yeah, every I feel like every week someone says that there's going to be potentially something that's like industry changing. And we either think of it in terms of like a new big game announcement that's going to surprise us, but like... For a while now, the, the this kind of like arms race of companies gobbling up other companies, you know, it's been going on since the end of the 360 PS3 Wii era as we entered into HD gaming and prices for the game development costs to skyrocketed. And mm-hmm. we're at this point now where I think we've now seen the single biggest buy of Microsoft purchasing Activision <laughs> Blizzard in a $65 million, $68.7 billion yeah. purchase it, it, tag. This, this was actually truly game-changing. This was this was industry-changing. This was not a, a um, oh, you know, um, THQ Nordic bought up some formerly, you know, small IP or something, you know. Um, no offense to those IPs or anything, but I mean, like, this is, this is really big. And it was funny because when you think about it, it the roots of this company go so far back, you know, there was like Vivendi universal and like, they were kind of like slowly gobbling up, you know, developers and, and small companies and merging themselves. And then, and then they merged with Activision and then Activision merged with blizzard. And, and, and you know, so it's like, it's been this very much like, you know, you know, little fish getting eaten by another fish, another fish, another fish, another fish. And then like, then here comes, you know, this, this blue whale of Microsoft. It's just, gobbles the whole thing up whole piece um and 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 there's a lot to say about it and there's been plenty that has been said i think uh specifically very specifically act microsoft buying activision was very much a you know what i'm okay in this case you know activision and blizzard to become kind of a cesspool um them them getting bought up by microsoft to me in that in this one instance is not the worst case scenario you know it's not not that bad actually like this might this might be good uh like it actually might lead to a positive but that being said a lot of these big mergers acquisitions they're not usually that good in the long run because it stifles competition which you know can stifle creativity and whatnot so it's it's a bit of a i guess a, a I think it's it's a dangerous precedent it can set, but this this particular instance was like even though it is the biggest third party uh, game developer, sorry publisher, getting getting uh, gobbled up. This time it was kind of kind of a good thing, but man, does it does it leave some um, some lingering questions for the rest of the game industry? And not just you know oh what will show up on you know on xbox now and oh and what ips might activision or my might microsoft you know decide to resurrect it's I, there's a big question and i think we're getting to it is what does this mean for the other guys yeah i think because one we're a little bit late to the party on friend code for this because of when we're recording this was the big news last week um as you mentioned this has been like kind of talked to death at this point but it's still an ongoing story it still has new parts mm-hmm. that are coming out but uh, looking through it, 
looking through the lens um, of Nintendo, what does this mean in terms of the landscape regarding Nintendo? Like, will it Nintendo even will this even register with Nintendo? I mean, obviously they're they're going to be aware of it, but like, does this cause Nintendo to do anything differently in the future? Um, and I mean, because there's 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 a bunch of questions. It's like. Does Nintendo need to maybe evolve in the wake of this and the, and the changing landscape? Does this change anything with the Microsoft Nintendo relationship that they've been having uh, since the start mm-hmm. of the, the the Switch um, back in 2017? Um, they seem to been you know have a little bit of a cozy relationship there. Uh, does this change anything, or is it going to still be business as usual as, as far as what has been done? And yeah, and specifically for Nintendo, maybe having to adapt to what's going on because we're seeing some of the other companies. Uh, the, the rumors of Sony trying to go make some adjustments as well based on like the success of some of Microsoft's uh, yeah. policies and, 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 and practices such as Game Pass. We, we, maybe we, we will dive into what Nintendo could do to maybe leverage something similar if they even need to. And uh, yeah, there's, that's basically where we want to come at this from. Um, the story is just how it's going to impact Nintendo. And again, the answer could be as simple as as long as the Switch keeps chugging along making these sales and their games keep selling well maybe they don't but like that train won't last forever so eventually nintendo will have to do something with a successor at some point and do they can they really keep it as business as usual at that point or is like you want to be kind of like proactive sometimes rather than reactive in some of these situations like by the time nintendo gets there it might like potentially a lot of the options they were thinking about might not be possible for them potentially who knows what the future holds but yeah a lot to like think about simmons there with uh with yeah. the story I, I i think the immediate future is this in, this impacts nintendo very little like just in the immediate future in the next two years two three years let's let's like you know we'll Phrase it like that. The immediate future of the next two to three years, I don't think this uh, affects Nintendo in any way, shape, or form. Uh, Because Call of Duty's been the only game... Before the sale, Call of Duty was the only game on the Activision side that was in production. All 10 of their studios were just doing Call of Duty. And Call of Duty hasn't been on a Nintendo platform since, I think, Ghosts on the Wii U. So uh, they're long... That that franchise has long gone, been, you know, not even on Nintendo stuff. Um, and then the Blizzard side is like it's it's sporadic, right? You get like um, a Diablo three. Um, I think the Diablo two remastered, I think, came out on the Switch. Mm-hmm. And um, they have Overwatch. Overwatch, I think, eventually got a port. They're resurrected. They're all they're all very late. And then there was some. There was a late. There was late ports of Crash uh, Trilogy. Yeah. A late port of of, of Crash Four. I don't even know. Did, did did Crash Team Racing, did that remake did, end did, up on the Switch? I don't remember. Uh, Crash don't know, Team I... Racing, Nitro Fueled. No, let me just double check for you really quick. Uh, well, if it, it did, it probably showed up later. Uh, it did come to Switch. It did come to Switch. Yeah. Uh, so, uh, came later. Yeah. And I mean, but like, but again. Oh, sorry. No, it came. It, no, they had a simultaneous release. I stand corrected. It came to Switch, PS4, Xbox One on June 21st, 2019. Mm-hmm. Well, Crash Four was definitely a later release yes, on the Switch. Crash Four that was I know for sure. got that mixed up. Uh, but but either way, there were no more Crash games being made. There were no more Spyro games being made. Everything was all Activision at the time. Prior to the the acquisition, they were all in on Call of Duty. So there were no more games Activision was making. Period that were going to show up on the Nintendo console in the foreseeable future. So 
because it was all Call of Duty. And so with with this acquisition, that doesn't change much, if anything at all, on the on the Activision side. And again, it's kind of sporadic how much it was going to affect on on the Blizzard side of things. So media future is nothing. But I think there is a sort of I don't want to say danger, but like that does it does. I think it eventually does start to become a little tiny bit of an issue later on, because as you said, like right now, Nintendo's riding high. They're on, they're on their super success, but Nintendo has done this before where they've been super successful. And then sometimes they, they gradually kind of falter, like, like the Famicom, huge success, super Famicom, not as much, but success. Nonetheless, the N64 only a success in North America. The rest of the world could not care less about that system. Um, it sold like 32 million units hardware wise and 25 of that was in North America. So, um, yeah, so they've, they've done these points where like, they've kind of like fallen down and then GameCube sold even less than the N64 lifetime globally. Uh, crazy as that is to, to think about, but then of course you have the more, more recently, probably people who were, <laughs> who were more people who are alive listening to this. I imagine, um, the Wii to the Wii U, like that was a big, big fall for them and and they kind of again it, it same thing with n64 and gamecube less with the gamecube actually but like n64 and 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 with the wii u was nintendo had kind of had to go it alone and they were kind of on their own but like they would get they would get some some nice third-party games here and there right like they would get they would get some uh you know not maybe not exclusives even but like they would get some stuff like even on the gamecube era i mean remember there was a time where like ea made a deal where it's like mario and luigi and peach would show up in nba streets volume three or ssx3 and and little mac would show up in uh you know fight night so when you look at something where hey here's this now this this big acquisition if nintendo ever gets to a point where they're kind of like on you know on the on the on the ropes as it were you know with with hardware sales or whatnot uh, this is one less major publisher that they have to like go and make any sort of deal with, you know, like you can't, they can't go out and, uh, and during the Wii U era, this is even more pertinent. There was a sky Remember on, on one of their E3, it's sky, the Skylanders thing. And one of their E3, uh, directs, they had a big Skylanders collaboration with a Mario and a Donkey Kong Skylander, uh, a cart vehicle thing or whatever they were doing. Uh, and, and they opened their E3 on that, and that was that was an Activision game, and that was when the Wii U was doing absolutely terrible. It never the Wii U never did well, but um, but it was you know Nintendo had to kind of go out and start making you know deals, start making collaborations, you know, with other big third party games to just sort of like have something to sell on their system. So it's not just like just Nintendo EPD carrying the weight of the world on their shoulders. And here we go. That would no longer be a possibility. Not like I mean, Skylanders is dead, but um, which was really yeah. funny to read. That was really funny to read in an interview where um, uh, the 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 old yield double himself, Bobby Kotick, was blaming how every other Toys to Life product, saying how it was so much worse and crappier than Skylanders that it it killed his beloved Skylanders. Jeez, <laughs> is what he said in an interview. Uh, not, yeah. not 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 that not that they didn't choke the market with yearly Skylanders releases. Yeah, they oversaturated <laughs> that thing, and it was a Skylanders Superchargers. Uh, so it was the E3 2015. It was like the yeah. the the dunk, like Bowser riding with like a hammer with an armor set, and he had like the clown cart but plain. Uh, Donkey Kong had like a big motorcycle type mm -hmm. thing. Yeah, it was pretty. Yeah, it's cool looking for the time, but yeah, like 
Skylanders oversaturated themselves. <laughs> right. But at the time, you know, it was still a big thing, but that was a collaboration Nintendo had to go out and do it. Now they can't do that. That that's it's just another it's just well, another collaboration off the market now. You know, so or, that's what, then let me get, let me ask you this then, because this is like the next question I wanted to ask you about is because this now falls into Microsoft's hands, it's Microsoft's decision. That was like kind of like the second thing I was getting at. Like, uh, w- does this change the relationship between Nintendo and Microsoft? Like, could I mean that this is one of many options we just literally just mentioned it, but like. Could you see Microsoft being like, you know what, actually makes sense. Nintendo wants to do some kind of collaboration with the Skylanders for a revival, and we think it might make the most sense on a Nintendo platform, so why don't we go ahead and like let that happen? But like Nintendo, you have to understand we're getting like a big cut of this game. Like you like even lending your IP and stuff, you like they have more leverage now, maybe. Uh, but I mean yeah. there are other stuff like these games appearing, like, do we expect Game Pass to really come to Switch at some point now? Like, because that has been a rumored forever. Same with, like, XCloud. Like, do you see any of that holding up? Or do you see maybe this kind of changes course a little bit for that that partnership? Well, I think Microsoft is definitely more open to this stuff than any of the other people. You know, like, it's, it's definitely going to be you know, more likely that, that there could be continued partnerships and deals could happen with Nintendo through, through Microsoft. And if it were Sony that bought um, Activision, but on the other hand, I feel like, okay, yes, Microsoft's been very cool with Nintendo, but let's not get ahead of ourselves here. Um, They've only been so cool with them. Like, yeah, they, they, they let Minecraft continue and but that was that feels like kind of like its own like separate thing um but it's mostly like here's you can have ori you can have ori 2 and i guess cuphead's independent technically uh but you know and they have in in, you know they had banjo and smash and and banjo kazooie is showing up in in the nintendo switch online but it's not like it's not like microsoft's going way out of its way to like make sure that like anything that's Nintendo-ish can be on Nintendo. It's like, we've gotten Banjo-Kazooie, but we've heard nothing about the rest of Rare's N64 catalog, right? We haven't we haven't heard about, you know, if Banjo-Tooie, you know, will be on there, or we haven't heard about, you know, them possibly porting any, any other stuff to Nintendo. Like, I feel if Microsoft, you know, was really all about, like, maximizing potential, like, we'll just put anything we want anywhere... I think it would have happened already. I think they're just very selective about what they give. And I, and I think it can happen. It's not, it's not out of the realm of possibility, but like, I wouldn't get your hopes up for a lot of Microsoft Nintendo collaboration. So the thing, the like, th- period oh, for anyone. Yeah. Like I think sometimes we, those of us who follow Nintendo news and like have bigger expectations for, for Microsoft and Nintendo, you know, sometimes we get a little carried away with what the what the possibilities might be there versus what they're really out to achieve. But this 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 partnership kind of is a little bit most. Uh, I mean, Phil Spencer kind of like opened the door to this, and now he's in an even like more higher up position uh, within uh, as part of this acquisition. Um, what was it? Became like a uh, forget what his promotion just was to. It's like Microsoft Gaming or, or, or C, like yeah, CEO of Microsoft C- CEO Gaming. Yeah, Gaming, president of Microsoft Gaming. Yeah. And uh, back in 2020, he was asked, uh, I think by like Game Reactor, about like his philosophy, about why they were even pursuing this partnership with Nintendo. 
Um, and he reiterated that he thought games should be played without limits and um, basically said that, you know, I love the fact that games can br- bridge political lines, geographical lines, socioeconomic lines, and religious lines online. You know, I'm just playing uh, on Xbox Live. And then, you know, if Xbox is not my thing, maybe I play on something else. So, like, it sounds like, I mean, that's a lot of marketing speaking. That doesn't really answer anything. But, like, we also have seen, like, their stuff starting to come to Steam as well. So, like, I feel mm-hmm. like this what i guess what i'm trying to get here without spending too much on like theorizing here what i I get to just cut to the chase here i think all this just leads to game pass i think it's about the strength of their catalog i I think by giving people samples of their games on other platforms on on anything on wherever you could get this people get hooked and then they're like oh well if we now if we can get game pass on your platform then you know we, we want people in that ecosystem it sounds it feels like almost that like the measurement for success, at least within Microsoft, has not anymore going forward. It isn't going to be so much about consoles moved, about Xbox Series X and S units moved, so much as about Game Pass. And I think expand, getting this, this, this is definitely going to boost Game Pass, Activision Blizzard's lineup. Like it's absolutely a lot of that stuff is going to Game Pass, but. I, I I can see this as like the, the 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 sowing the seeds of the partnership of Nintendo. It's like I think their end game is we would like to maybe be allowed to put Game Pass on Nintendo platforms. Nintendo, if you're okay with it, what do yeah. we need to give you? Like you allow it to sell. What's the cut? And then sometimes they give them these offerings. Like you you okay? We'll give you a whole game that's a Switch version of a game, like Ori. Like if they make a third Ori, it's like we will actually put that dedicated on Switch. But like we want Game Pass on there. I mean, I, I think. I, I feel like Phil Spencer is very open. Uh, that's why I, 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 I like. I've never been more wrong about Microsoft's future <laughs> after Xbox One uh, and Xbox. Uh, yeah, after the Xbox One era, I thought Microsoft was gonna have to seriously re- reevaluate. They did. It's just not in the way I thought they would. I thought they were gonna maybe retreat and be more cautious. They've gone all in, and th- like this is just like okay, they are here to stay. And I think it's because Phil Spencer is so open to do do just taking these risks and being bold. And I, 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 this does make me believe that they would potentially be more aggressive with Nintendo in terms of we want to pursue stuff where it makes sense. Like, I think this, if anything, this means more stuff is going to be happening with Nintendo because the only reason Simmons, I think they might retreat from Nintendo is Nintendo ever became in a position like Sony. Sony, like I think Sony and Nintendo are such different positions because Sony is directly competing with uh, Microsoft on so many fronts where I think Microsoft sees Nintendo is just like another uh, another platform that that that, that it exists that's like ad- adjacent to them, like like PCs Steamy. adjacent to them, like like Steam Steamy. and Epic Game Stores are platforms that are well, adjacent to them, not necessarily in competition with them. They may look at the Switch like it's like they look at a mobile, like a cell phone, you know, to them that that they may that might be the way they just kind of view Switch in general. I'm like, well, it's it's like here's mobile gaming and here's cell phone, you know, cell phone gaming. Here's the Switch, which kind of they just view it as the same way they view like mobile gaming and then um, PC stuff, you know, because they are they are allowing their stuff on Steam. Um, so maybe that's that's definitely possible. I, I, I think the problem is less than Microsoft and more Nintendo because obviously they, they can't put that's they can't put Game Pass on the switch. If Nintendo um, says no. Yeah. <laughs> Well, they can't do it anyways. It would have to all be cloud. It have to all be like it have to be an exclusively 
xCloud version of Game Pass. You know, because Switch can't run. Oh, I, I get what you mean. <laughs> but, I mean, Nintendo is supposedly rolling out potentially, like, the better I, I just, online infrastructure. It's probably, it's probably one of those things where Nintendo just is just weird about it. Like, they probably propose it, and Nintendo is probably like, what? <laughs> Actually, Simmons. Yeah, no, no, no. That, that's true. But what if Microsoft – What? so we're talking about what can Microsoft offer to make it worth Nintendo's while. Well. We've actually suggested this before just to bring it up again. Maybe Microsoft says, we want to work a little bit more with you, Nintendo. Like, we want Game Pass to be on your Switch, but we understand it's a bit of a technical hurdle right now. What if we were to work with you and offer our resources for our online infrastructure and, like, our cloud yeah. like systems to give you that? So, like, your benefit is you could offer your customers and your first-party games could use our infrastructure, but you got to get, like, we need Game Pass on there. And, like, we're going to get, like the biggest like a big cut of that like, you know it's something i wish nintendo would take them up on if it was kind of like hey we'll let you use our our server databases and and you know all our infrastructure and, and in return we want we want an x cloud version of game pass on the switch i uh, you know if i was nintendo i'd take that in a heartbeat because it's like it's been oh it's been over 10 years and nintendo still hasn't figured out online yeah, so that's very true <laughs> I, I, I feel like it's they're not going to so for me, it's like, yeah, okay, sure. Like to me, it would be a, to me, it would be a, if, if for, for me, it'd be great just cause it's like, okay, this is easy. Cool. Um, and, and that would, that would, that'd be beneficial to me, but like, I can see how the old, you know, you know, old guard, uh, businessman, you know, over there in Kyoto might not quite grasp it or understand it or want it. Um, cause that's the thing is, you know, to get a little bit of like an inside politics, you know, from what's been said about the way an NCL operated during Awada's time and how he really tried to internally restructure the company and everything, um, it was hard. It was very hard to get Nintendo to do online anything on the DS and then on the Wii era. Um, apparently it was a real struggle to convince them that it was a, it was the right move to make and that they should have that going. So, um, even if the deal is sweet, it doesn't even matter. It doesn't matter how sweet the deal is. Sometimes like, you know, you're, you're talking to like, you're talking to brick walls, you know, you, you as far as like, you know, people on the other side. So, yeah, we don't get know, a lot of like you know, we don't get to peek behind that veil very often so we just go off of like historical stuff and like as you said nintendo does not have a great track record for the past decade with online yeah. like, i mean just probably dating back to the beginning of them dabbling online has just never been that good and while it makes so much sense for if a competitor were like to reach out and someone who's been working with them it's like not, well, yeah we are a competitor but also we can ha still have a relationship we can have a partnership here and mm -hmm. They've, Nintendo has obviously partnered with other companies to, to, to do stuff. I mean, yeah, and maybe they haven't been like as directly involved as say Microsoft with the, the the same business they're dealing in. But seeing like you know, not seeing the bigger picture is like what you worry about. Like, it will, would Nintendo be too close, like you know, too close minded, you know, short sighted to, I, to understand, just, like to see like yeah. the the great benefit from having that or maybe maybe they don't maybe maybe they do believe that's not in their benefit because you know they've been doing business the way they've been doing it and they think they're successful because they stick to their guns you never know oh yeah i think you're definitely gonna have you know 
there's i think the biggest problem really for it as far as like continuing or maintaining or adding to the part any any sort of partnership collaboration between nintendo and microsoft is thwarted almost probably entirely by nintendo side just you know for for any myriad of reasons uh because i think as you know you've been pointing out like i think phil's open to this I think Phil's fine with this. And then for people who, who worry about like, oh, how well, gameplay would be terrible if it was cloud only versions. And I'm like, you know, because there are cloud only versions of games on the Switch mm-hmm. right now. And we've heard varying degrees of reports and reliability. Yeah. I can tell you this, though. I've used the xCloud, you know, their cloud service for Game Pass on a Series S. And it works. Like, you know, it's, I'm not going to say it's, it's, it's perfect or like you wouldn't notice it ever, but it's like, it kind of shockingly works pretty darn well. I use it. I mean, I've used it for Forza Horizon Five. I've used it for like simple, like Death's Door, and 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 I've used it for like more action-heavy games. But man, especially if it gets to a game that's not hyper reliant on on immediate response timing, like then it really doesn't. Like it, the X Cloud really does work. So I'm impressed. But I'm also LA based, so um, I think mileage is going to definitely vary there. So, yeah, um, that that's a it, that's a valid concern. Yeah. yeah so, I I actually would super welcome having uh, X Cloud stuff on Switch. Um, because I, I I don't know I've never bought in any of the cloud versions of games on on the Switch, which I forget how many there are, but there, there's more in Japan than there are in America. But like. The more recent you know, ones were Hitman Three was uh, last year that came out date and date. Um, uh, control. Re- control was one. I, I tried Control. Um, for whatever reason, if you did if you did a quality fidelity mode, it ran really poorly. But if you did performance, it actually ran pretty decently. Like mm. sometimes it got, looked a little like blurry during high action, like when it was trying. Like maybe the connection yeah. was a little weird. But like that type of game felt fine. I played for about like an hour yeah. and it was like mostly good so you know, th- you know that, they have cloud shooter. versions cloud versions of all the kingdom hearts games coming out next month yeah, yeah. that yeah, uh so. <laughs> that will be interesting to see that 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 might cause a little bit more issues for some people with the maybe more i don't know cause, who knows because i don't know i don't know where these i don't know where there's the the servers are connecting to true like that's so. such an important thing is uh proximity to a server always means you have like lower ping you have like yeah. you know and better that, latency. that 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 is the thing Microsoft brings to the table. That is the advantage of yeah. They, they could have servers a in a lot Microsoft. of places. Yeah, exactly. So it does. Yeah, like it, I think it's it, it's it, it's wishful thinking. It would be nice if it happened. It would certainly benefit Nintendo a lot. I think it'd make a lot of Nintendo fans happy if their online infrastructure um, started to rely more on someone who has expertise in it, like Microsoft. And the trade-off was. Mm-hmm. All right. Well, you're getting X. You're getting Game Pass through cloud through X Cloud. That you you know that seems like a win-win. But again, you just heads up to Nintendo. Um, let me ask you this though, because we talked about how uh, Microsoft's acquisition of Activision Blizzard could impact Nintendo, and we we gave you this way. But in the short term, it probably, as you said, I kind of agree with you. It might not really do anything, but. Let's talk about what ifs in terms of Nintendo does have some stronger third-party relationships with other companies. And my question is, like, what if this landscape keeps changing where the the, the bigger companies keep gobbling each other up? Um, and how does that affect Nintendo third-party relations if this if this keeps pace? Because the two biggest ones I'm going to bring up right now, or th- there's three, but the two ones I think we're realistically to consider, um, 
Ubisoft is one because they have a pretty strong relationship with Ubisoft. Uh, and then, like, <laughs> do they besides the rabbits with, with with rabbits, but also they had uh, whatchamacallit, uh, Breath of the Wild clone that I reviewed. I can't remember the Icarus game. Oh, uh, nobody remember. No one remembers Immortals. Immortals. Thank you. Gosh, because I was like, it's not called Gods and Monsters or whatever it's called. Immortals. Yeah, it's not. I mean, had Immortals. No, um, nobody even remembers that anymore. But they have historically supported them. But like, let's get into like like Capcom, like a Capcom or a Bandai Namco or Square mm. Enix. Like, I, I think like though yeah. like the Japanese I, I think... studios are the ones I think that would most or Sega. Those would start to seriously. Start, I think those would have a more serious impact on yeah. Nintendo's direction. Sorry, because despite the fact, and it's it's it is painful to say this, but despite the fact that 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 the Japanese market for video games, not counting mobile, we're not even counting mobile here, but for 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 video games, Japan takes up less than ten percent of the global market share nowadays, and gosh, that hurts to say. But that that they still have a huge presence when it comes to development. Like they're still, like you said, powerhouse developers in Japan whose games all just sell better outside. The but as far as like the actual sales um, overall, Japan takes up a tiny number of it. I mean, they're a small country, but like once upon a time, like 20 years ago, they were 50 percent of the, the global game market. So it shows you how rapidly, you know, globalization has has happened. Yeah. Yeah. Gaming has exploded. Gaming exploded. um, So way more people than ever are playing video games. Uh, But for Nintendo, though, they never really branched out much from Japan. Um, They've had a few successes um, and and we'll list them off where, well, one's already kind of gone. There was NST. Uh, but they're pretty much big. Uh, they're Nintendo de- Studios. They're, they're yeah. pretty much de- de- defunct at this point, I would imagine. Retro is a good one. Next Level Games, and they're not part of Nintendo, but they've definitely worked with them. Uh, Mercury Steam in Spain. So, you know, you've got Vancouver, Austin, and in Spain, kind of. It way forwards doing the Advance Wars thing, but they're not owned by them either. So. Um, yeah, for, for, for the most part, you know, Nintendo kind of keeps everything very much within Japan. And then as far as like big third party games go, yeah, it's again, kind of, they rely on a lot of uh, Bandai Namco ports a lot of stuff to the Switch. Bandai Namco was the developer behind Smash Brothers Ultimate and, and Smash 4. Uh, and Capcom you know, brought a lot to the switch with monster hunter, you know, rise and, and, and stories too. I forgot the name. Yeah. Right. Like it was so simple. Yeah. I'm like, it's so simple. How am I forgetting this anyways? Um, and of course square, cause squares had lots of stuff like Octopath and Brave. Yeah. And Team Austin is like work yeah, for, like for all that the, platform. All yeah. their, all their little stuff, all their, well, I don't want to say little cause it makes the game sound unimportant, but it's like, they're, they're good games and they, they are quality titles. Um, but you get what I mean when I say like, okay, Little as in, I guess, smaller budget. Like anything huge budget from Square's kind of not really showing up on the Switch. You know, no Final Fantasy VII remake, no 15. There was Pocket Edition, I guess. Um, 
you know, no. Um, yeah, and we're getting that FF7 episodic thing supposedly this year too. <laughs> oh, yeah. Is that coming? Did they say that was coming to Switch? Or oh, not? I, I forgot. They... It might only be mobile at this point because, you know, that, might only be mobile. yeah, even their, like, their Pixel Remaster stuff hasn't even come to console yet. So who knows? Right. Pix- yeah. yeah. So, like, it's, it's weird. Like, you know, Kingdom Hearts is kind of coming to the switch cloud oh yeah but <laughs> like, and, then, and they're like oh if there's enough demand maybe we'll give you like a traditional release of the old yeah like, i, I, I think i think the only big title kind of you could kind of say is maybe dragon quest that, i mean that is a big it still in is J- a big deal in japan i mean it's still uh, 11 still did very well outside of japan it's it's creeping its way you know across you know north america i think 11. they just have to keep at it like 10 was an online one so they kind of jumped because they started with nine on 3ds um yeah. sorry was it 3ds or ds uh oh nine was 3ds yeah no ds sorry ds, DS. So that was ds i was like yeah i think yeah, i'm a little too far yeah started with that but that was like a, you know a, like a big craze and i think a lot of people were starting to get into it uh if they weren't into dragon quest before and then he had like 10 it was like whoops that's online only japan missed out on oh, that mmo an and then MMO. 11 you know comes out of the gates pretty like like, like a lot that of marketing was three, that it. was 3ds in japan as well that's where i was getting confused because and but the, some of those features got put into the definitive edition like the the map the 2d map or whatever like some of that stuff got carried over um but 12 we got 12 in development too so um i imagine it'll probably be on the switch i think it maybe has. even i think maybe at very least it has to have a switch might version. even be it's might even be its primary home i feel like it actually. has to like because Yes, the console market's so dried up in Japan. It's it's kind of like when you look at like Japan, like the the December and October, November, December. If you look at like the sales charts for that country, it's it's pretty much the sun has set on everything but the Switch over there. If you're not mobile, Dragon Twelve is being co-developed by Square Enix, Hexadrive, and Orca. It was a headline from last September. I was like doing some research for that. Uh, Hexadrive is involved. Um, they also assist. They assisted with Final Fantasy 15, um, and Nintendo fans might best know that company thanks to its involvement in the Legend of Zelda: Wind Waker HD for Wii U. Oh yeah, that, that's what it was. Yeah, uh, Orca, who also helped with the Dragon Quest S Echoes of Elusive Age Definitive Edition, and they also helped Bandai Namco with Ace Combat Seven: Skies Unknown, which mm. is a really good game. Um, so these are basically support studios. We still, yeah, we still don't know what platform. We're still, there's still speculation as of September. Like, will it come to Switch? Is it coming to multi multiple platforms? But uh, yeah, they're starting to ha- like they're starting to hire up for that. So yeah, just I know this isn't a Dragon Quest uh, episode, but like just as a, like if you missed the update late last year, they uh, you know they're they're ramping up development just, for that. I, but I, that's I, that's something. Like, what would happen if like a Microsoft bought Square Enix and now right. Nintendo's like you're like this. Nintendo loses Dragon Quest. Like yeah, that's so still right there. Uh, well, that, that, and other stuff. Okay. That's still kind okay, of a big okay. deal. If Microsoft bought Square, I feel like they would still do Dragon Quest on Switch in Japan. Like okay, not, like, yes. they, like yeah, okay. I, but I then argue do we do that... we deal with that thing where it's Switch only in Japan and the rest of the world it's like Xbox PC? It's possible, but. They, <laughs> It'd probably just be like Ori. I'm like, okay, look, Japan, you'll you'd you'd get definitely still get Dragon Quest 
on Switch, but everything else is gonna gonna be over, you know, gonna be exclusive to our Xbox series. Um, I feel like they would allow it to be on Switch worldwide, like, it, but it also come to like, I think they'd like, yeah, I think, I, I think, think they'd authority. allow it to be multi-platform outside of Japan, but Japan yeah. would be Switch exclusive. I think that's how it realistically yeah japan would be switch exclusive because like there's just no presence over there well they're kind of they're they're trying to chip away let me okay yeah like they have a lot of smaller projects on there and i think they would probably allow them to still be multi-platform but like i think honestly thinking about square next would probably if they the power move for square next would be to keep it off playstation to keep final fantasy and kingdom hearts like off Mm -hmm. playstation going forward that would be like so i don't know how much it really would impact nintendo because i think the smaller stuff Microsoft like Team Osno stuff. I think Microsoft and and remasters remakes mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. like not like seven remake, but like old remasters like Actraiser or the Pixel remasters. I think yeah. they would be fine with that stuff being multi platform. Well, it's it's I think I think it gets really murky because I think with with them buying Activision, I think it's very simple. And I, I said this I've said this online. I'll say it here too. Uh, here's how I think things are going to go down. I think at the end of this year, Modern Warfare Two. Oh, for Call of Duty. Know, the rumored Call of Duty for this year is Modern Warfare 2. I think it'll come out. It'll come out on everything. I think by the end of this year, some point, sometime between the end of this year and early next year, the deal will close. They'll finalize it and it'll close. And then maybe at that point, it'll be far enough along that they're just like, they'll have another Call of Duty next year and that'll come out on everything. 2024 rolls around. And then I think Microsoft doesn't release a Call of Duty that year. I think they put the series on it. They, they give it a break, you know, because they're gonna they're gonna it'll it'll be some time since the acquisition is finalized, and Microsoft will have gone in. They'll have you know some houses to have cleaned, and they'll just be like, you know what? We don't need all of you. We don't need all ten of you on Call of Duty. We're gonna start diversifying out, you know, your workflow. We don't need a Call of Duty every year. I think that's a big thing that's definitely gonna happen with with the after this acquisition goes through, which again is going to take a couple years, Call of Duty stops being a yearly release. Microsoft doesn't need it. And it'll be better for the franchise. 2025 now, we're that far away. We are that far away now. All of a sudden, Call of Duty is Xbox PC only, is my is my prediction. Like people have said like Call of Duty's too big. Phil said that, you know, they're gonna honor it. Phil said, you know, Phil said this. And I'm like, mm, mm. ask Bethesda fans how they feel about that. you know yeah i have to imagine like they say they they're saying what they're saying because in the short term they're honoring they want to keep things as usual they don't want to stir the pot but like i I think i haven't really been able to comment this that's why we're going a little bit on tangents this is not nintendo related real quick but i will say i see that as being probably the most likely scenario is that they start they got a leverage quality at some point because yeah. Why are you spending that? And like, like that's just something They're we not... don't know about. I feel like, yeah, it, it, the bare minimum, it's getting an exclusivity window starting at some point in the future where it's coming to Microsoft PC first, Sony way later, so that yeah. you, you get an advantage of having. And it's going to be on Game Pass probably. It's going to be like you can they... play it on Game Pass right now, or you can wait a year, six months, a year, and play it on PlayStation when yeah. no one's playing it anymore because I you can know see how exclusivity windows. I could see Windows. I could also just see exclusive. To me, I just see it just going straight up exclusive eventually. Not this year. Yeah, probably possibly. not even next. Not probably not even next year. But maybe after that. Um, let, let, let me ask you this: it's Simmons. It's, it's seventy billion dollars. They didn't spend it exactly. You know, and, and people are like, well, they'll make their money back. They well, they want to put it on 
keep the argument, the counter argument is, well, they're going to keep it on PlayStation because they need to make that money back. And my counter argument is to that is, well, no, because if it's not on PlayStation, that means people are not spending money on Sony. And, and there are millions and millions of people who the only video game they buy at all in, in the entire span of a year is Call of Duty or just Call of Duty and Madden. Like I mean, there are millions of people. They don't play video games. They just play Call I will of Duty. Say, I, I will you definitely say this to help kind of like, like in history kind of like I think backs it up a little bit. I'm looking at both Call of Duty and Grand Theft Auto. Call of Duty made Xbox 360 king because it yeah. was the place to play it was on Xbox yeah. 360. That switched in the PS4, the Xbox One era, to being mm -hmm. on PlayStation. So they could revert, like leveraging Call of Duty will change the tide. It has that power. The only other franchise that has that power, in my opinion, is Grand Theft Auto because it was a kingmaker for PlayStation 2. You can talk about yeah. all the exclusives, all the Final Fantasies, the Metal Gears and stuff, but it was pretty much Madden Madden being on there and being the like the quote unquote looking the best on PlayStation 2 and Grand Theft Auto. Having Grand Theft Auto on, on that system was like probably the biggest thing. It like cemented it. You can talk about everything else, but like Grand Theft Auto. Grand Theft Auto 3, Vice City, and San Andreas being on PlayStation 2 is just like huge. Yeah. And if like Microsoft had scored Rockstar somehow, we you know, especially during Xbox One era, like, oh, Sony stole Call of Duty away. Well, guess what? Microsoft stole Rockstar away. Like we might have it be coming. We would have come into this generation with a different narrative. And, but who knows? And I think I think that is actually. If you wanted to ask me, who do I think it does Sony counter both the Bethesda and now the Activision buyout? Does Sony <laughs> counter that? Does Sony counter that with any of their own buyouts? I'm like, yeah, it's Take Two. <laughs> if, they, if they like, if they're up for sale, I mean that's the right. biggest question. If, if, is like if, if Sony can can talk them into it, I'm like to me, I'm like yeah, Sony goes after Take Two. Let me bring this back around to Nintendo quick. So I want to stay with acquisitions because we we talked a lot about Square Enix, what it might mean if Microsoft get did it, but like I want to talk about like what Nintendo does going forward in terms of do they acquire uh, do they try and acquire any new studios as a result of this? Because let's mm -hmm. put that theoretical out there because this is what caused them to buy next level games was that theoretical sale of them to another uh, another you know, publisher which, and Nintendo losing that losing actually, out on that. Actually, actually shocked me that Nintendo did this. This is like a story that it, it got buried, you know, just because I guess it wasn't that big a deal. Like when I guess when they announced that they buy it, everyone was like, oh, okay, yeah, I guess that makes sense. But <laughs> Nintendo never buys studios. That's the thing. They like, very rarely the, do. Yeah. Like they have shown in the past that they, they want, they would rather do one of two things. They would rather be, they're fine with the studio just outright dying and going bankrupt. Or they're, they're fine if the studio basically like limps along and is completely codependent on their support on, on their, you know, whatever, you know, budgets they give. And I'm going to give you a big one right now and it's Camelot and Camelot's a small studio and they've basically done nothing for the past decade or so, but make Mario golf and Mario tennis because probably because they're dependent on, on getting that deal with Nintendo, which is even better for Nintendo because then they can actually lowball them on budgets because they're not even owned. Like, they, they have no they have no bargaining power because Nintendo can survive just fine without Mario Golf and Tennis, but Camelot needs it way more than Nintendo needs them. So they're fine stringing Camelot along, never buying Camelot, never giving them any sort of job security. Yeah. And you know, and when it when it goes south, 
in when when say Mario Golf and tennis just stopped selling completely, would Nintendo pick up Camelot? No, because that's exactly what happened to Mario and Luigi, Alpha Dream, Alpha Dream, yeah. You know, they're they're re, they started to do remakes of of some of the earlier Mario and Luigi games. They stopped selling because the 3DS pretty much died. What did Nintendo do? Buy. <laughs> Like, oh, oh, that's sad. Whatever. Yeah, I just don't remember Nintendo acquiring a massive, like, AAA studio. Like, anything even remote. Not, not, not even, like, Activision Blizzard level. Just, like, anything huge. It's like... Yeah. <laughs> it's like their acquisitions generally, like, follow logic, and they're not the biggest. So, like... Would Nintendo even consider like let me this like let me give a hypothetical. I think they, you know, here's the thing. I think they should, but go ahead. Yeah, they should. So here's the thing. Let's say they want to make another Smash Brothers, and they want Bandai Namco to be heavily involved because they've proven themselves. In fact, they want them to pretty much take over the development. What if another like a Microsoft or Sony is gonna buy Bandai Namco? What does Nintendo try and do at that point? If they're gonna lose an integral studio like that, or uh, wow. with Sega, like uh, I mean, they have so many like relationships with Sega and. Uh, some with Capcom, but like Monster Hunter. Monster is huge for Switch. It's huge for everything. Yeah. But what if? Yeah. What if they the potential of losing Monster Hunter on on Switch? Think, like, d- d- does Nintendo yeah. step in at some point? Do you think, think there would if, be something that would cause them to step in and be like, we need to get one of these because losing yeah, if well, that ever came to pass, that's a if they lost access to all four of the big Japanese developer the remaining the publishers like that. I think that is a serious issue. I don't not saying that's going to happen, but like I think, th- I think, I think that has to prompt them to act and do something at that point. I think Sega is the smallest blow, but I think Capcom is Capcom, Bandai, Nam, Capcom, Namco, and Square. Any one of those three, I think, is a huge blow to them if one of them gets absorbed by Sony or Microsoft. Definitely Sony. If Sony absorbs one of them, that's really bad news for Nintendo. Capcom is probably second lowest on on the danger meter and i say this because we saw the capcom leaks and (laughs) it doesn't look like there's much coming out for the switch beyond this last year with monster hunter you know rise you know leading to sunbreak expansion and and stories too it doesn't look like capcom actually has a ton of switch support actually planned in the next few years so if if in the in, in the immediate term someone gobbled up capcom Maybe not be as big a deal for Nintendo as you would think, just because like from that from that terrible leak, it kind of just looks like well, it doesn't look like they had, they had a lot coming their way, anyways. But um, that leads back to Namco and to Square, and that's bad news, I think, um, for Nintendo. Really bad news if if Dragon Quest, you know, goes away from Nintendo. If Sony buys it. That's really bad. Yeah, Sony will not allow that to be on Nintendo. <laughs> there will oh, be no yeah. chance Dragon Quest comes oh, on Nintendo. So, yeah, again. yeah. So Sony, Sony's just going to be like, you will never. <laughs> we'll just yeah. look at them and just be like, yeah. you know, they don't care. If never, the, their consoles. You will not never see this well logo. Into, I mean, you, this yeah, guy's doing you will better. Never see Japan. our logo, yeah. you know, on your system again. Um, so that's that's actually bad news for Nintendo. Because um, Nintendo again, like they, they, they as, everyone, as as everyone says, they 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 march to the the beat of their own drum, but they do. They do make, you know, deals and partnerships with with a lot of Japanese publisher developers still. So, mm, part of me really thinks that I think because right now it looks like Sony's plan has been gobble up developers, and Microsoft is like buy the publisher wholesale, get the IPs as well, and Nintendo's basically been like we're not going to do anything. <coughs> Excuse me, but 
the one kind of lone exception was next level games because next level games was like, we're putting our, they, they openly put themselves on the market and said, we were looking to sell ourselves. And I think Nintendo looked at the 9 million plus sales of Luigi's mansion three and went, yeah, no, we need, we, <clears throat> I think we, we really need to keep this. We need to keep them around. Um, so, so that's happening, but like, yeah, you would think that maybe after Dread they'd want to buy Mercury Steam, but what a lot of people don't really realize is there's actually a lot of lot of uh, drama and workplace accusations in Spain coming out of the Spanish press for Mercury Steam. It's it's kind of tale as old as time. You know, we've definitely heard a lot about it from other companies like Ubisoft and Activision. And it's like sounds like it's actually kind of a there's some allegation there's some accusations for Mercury Steam that kind of never really got much traction in English because they were only published on Spanish news sites. So I could see Nintendo not buying Mercury Steam just because they would definitely be aware of that internally and being like, mm, I don't think we want to, I don't think we want to deal with that. So yeah, let me ask you this. Cause I have a list of affiliate companies for Nintendo. These are companies that Nintendo either has major or minor affiliate status with, and mm-hmm. are either potentially under significantly owned state Nintendo owns a significant stake of these companies. So any one of these companies is not a hundred percent owned by Nintendo. They might have majority stake in them, but like they'd have to like buy the rest. So do any of these, you already talked about Camelot. That's the very first one. You already talked about Camelot. You said you'd probably let it die. Uh, creature. Oh, they would. Creatures is the next one. Uh, Mother series, Pokemon trading card game, Pokemon Ranger, Poke Park, Detective Pikachu. Do you see... What would you say on that? Like, you just give me a simple, like, yes, buy, or no, they let it die. <laughs> if if Sony or Microsoft were threatening to buy creatures or Game Freak, Nintendo would gobble them up. Uh, Psy si- uh, Games. <laughs> Dragalia lost. I mean, they're a little bit... They... I don't know if Nintendo has the money. Yeah, I don't think they, that's, a little, that's a little bit different. That's a little bit of a different beast. Uh, DNA. <laughs> I feel like Nintendo's love affair with DNA is kind of already over. Over. I, I feel like that's it, too. All right, here's the biggest one. This is the biggest one. Game Freak. Yeah, if Game Freak... Because they've tried to do their own stuff. They have released independent releases, and they've gone nowhere, and they've done terrible... What was that? The, they also had that, that that My Town game or whatever. Oh, uh, yeah. Woof. Woof. Um, <laughs> I, do think, I do think Creatures and Game Freak is one company, or two companies, I should say, where if they were under threat of being gobbled up by someone else... Uh, Nintendo might swoop in and counter offer um, if push came to shove. But I think because their their relationship's so tight knit right now, anyways, I think Nintendo's probably not worried about it. Yeah, but, there might even be a contractual thing where they get first option if that ever if it ever came. To, I, don't, yeah. I don't. Again, I don't know the the, the business legal contract yeah. terms behind these ownerships, just other than they have majority stake or affiliate. Um, what about a uh, genius sonority? You know, but they haven't done something in a while. Oh, I they, guess. Let, they let, they let yeah. them die. Uh, good feel. Uh, it's been a little while. Yoshi's Crafted World was the last I one. Think, I don't think they'd buy good feel either. I think they'd let good feel die. All right. Good feel feels just like skip to me. This is the first one I think they would outright buy. Grezzo. Um, maybe. Maybe. Huh. On the, I'm 50-50 on Grezzo. They don't need Grezzo. Um. And Grezzo on their own, like as they've proven with Ever Oasis, doesn't equate to much. Okay. So, um, yeah, I, I'm real 50 50 on Grezzo. Like, oh, but the Zelda games are so successful. Then I'm like, yeah, because they're Zelda. 
Like you take away Zelda from Grezzo and what is Grezzo? Yeah, I mean, I see some people call them like the the, the Nintendo's blue point or whatever, but I mean, not <laughs> literally like as like doing the same work as blue point in terms of like, yeah, like high, high definition remakes. But I mean, that, that's kind of like their their wheelhouse over there. I'm very 50 50 on if they buy Grezzo. Yeah. Uh, this one seems like it's pretty safe anyway, but I think a lot of people don't realize that HAL Laboratory is not fully owned by Nintendo. Not owned. Not yeah. fully owned, but if they're in no danger of going anywhere. Yeah, this one's a pretty safe uh, thing. It's like just this is like a if, technicality if, bringing it up. Yeah, if push came to shove, Nintendo would buy them all out, buy them completely. Oh, yeah. Yes. Ha- absolutely. But that's just not going to happen. <laughs> I don't know about uh, uh, this one's been a while. In, uh, Indies Zero. It was ele- they done Electroplankton. Uh, Sushi Striker: The Way of Sushido was the most recent one on Switch back in. Oh, like, they'd let them. They, they, yeah. they, they Nintendo would let them uh, die if it was like, oh, we're going bankrupt. Can you buy us Nintendo? No. Yeah. Uh, this next one's another j- same category as Hal. Uh, intelligent Systems, um, Fire Emblem, Paper Mario. Yeah. They also very integral to hardware. Uh, they are to, to stuff so like i think they are i think hal and intelligence systems they would never let them go like they would... wouldn't let them go but i don't think they're in any danger of being poached either. no like, i don't think so like, either like they wouldn't they wouldn't leave nintendo's side anyways but uh if push came to shove nintendo would gobble them up with 100 percent. here's a fun one because i don't know like this person their studio could go somewhere else potentially sora with sakurai <laughs> It's a two-person I know, studio. but do you think Sakurai would ever leave and go to another? <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah. Sakurai, Sakurai just probably wouldn't sell, period. Like, he want, he would want to be independent. No, I meant, like, I think it'd more be a talent poach. It'd be like, Sakurai, would you like to come work over here? And Yeah. Yeah. Poach him away. But maybe Nintendo could try and, like, offer, like, we want you. What position do you want mm-hmm. at Nintendo? It's like, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. I, I could see I, that's a weird one too. And the last one is a uh, Van Pool. I mean, they haven't done some like sticker store. I think it was like their last game, and they did the, all those Tingle games. So I don't really know if they're gonna Van Pool. Yeah, they're like way freaking. I think they're just too obscure at this point. Dylan's Rolling Western might be more 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 of our audience might know uh, for them back in a uh, uh, generation or two ago. Oh yeah, mm. yeah. Well, that's and that's who they yeah. have working relationships with right now and of course like like you yeah. said also mercury steam as well but like yeah i i, I think we we got to start looking about like who would who should developer or publishers who should nintendo yeah start looking into if if things get any worse or any scarier i should say as far as these mergers acquisitions go i think it's the, the i think we have a real question of like who does who should nintendo I mean, after. I swear the the best answer for them. I know everyone keeps saying it, but like personally, that's the one that makes the most sense to me of all four, because so much of their library would work with the Switch period in some fashion, because they aren't cutting edge technology anymore. Is Sega, yeah. because yeah. that would include Atlas as well. I think getting Atlas, his entire lineup exclusive to Switch would be the best would be the best get for them and it would hurt sony a lot because sony was uh, was enjoying the persona exclusivity um, Man, for the mainline would, games that would, 
that would really screw over a lot of Sony fans. I mean, it if, would, but like you also get Sonic, you get Yakuza, you get all their their yeah. like the rich history of games that are now their IPs are now owned by Nintendo. So Sega it's, and it, Atlas are now. It, it would be a tricky proposition because you have to deal with Sega Sammy Holdings. That is the um, big wrench in the works so, potentially. Yeah, yeah, it'd be really it'd be a really tricky maneuver. But like Sammy Sega Sammy Holdings wouldn't is probably going to be one of those like we're not going to sell to to microsoft you know because of foreign influence or whatever like we'll maybe sell the sony probably more likely sell the nintendo despite the fact that sega started in hawaii but whatever that's ancient history um <laughs> but yeah yeah i i think for nintendo for for everything they do for everything they i think their biggest get would be sega and then to maybe either start leveraging their ips or or better yet i think it would be a nintendo's best interest to open up a new studio like like get a big get a building somewhere in tokyo that's huge full of different studios and sort of like bring back what sega used to have or they used to have a diverse collection of internal studios before sega sammy merged and, and erased all of that but it used to be a bunch of different people like overworks and and hitmaker and and uh you know, Sega Rosso and, and, you know, all these different uh, development teams, you know, within Sega that used to have their own unique logos yeah. and stuff and bring, bring something like that back and just sort of like have them go in and cause in, and, and for Sega in particular, not, not even talking about the Atlas side of things. Um, I think Sega would work well as someone a little more closer to Hal's level of, budget and size and scope where like okay let's bring sega back but like we don't really have to go beyond say ps2 gamecube era as far as you know budget and graphical fidelity goes it could be dreamcast it could be even you know you could do what you know sonic mania streets of rage 4 you know even that panzer dragoon remake which you know would be done in in europe like you could just go smaller scale like, hey, make new games, but you know they don't have to be these these massive fifty million dollar production budget you know things. Like some, you we, we can still have some of those, but like Sega so was so well known for their arcade style of gameplay of of just pick up and play and just really fun, really you know good quick stuff. Like you had three, they had King of Three D Fighters, King of Racing Games, you know, so many. King, like strategy RPGs was a big thing for them too, you know, but just, yeah, I, I think it'd be beat em ups and stuff. Like it'd be fine if, if, if Nintendo got Sega and then just started to like rebuild them internally and just say like, Hey, make a bunch of cool, smaller, you know, budget stuff because don't worry about, you know, we don't, you don't have to worry about like the sales anymore or whatever. Like uh, I, I think that would be the the best thing to do. And then, of course you let Yakuza team do whatever it wants to do. Cause that's kind of like your high budget stuff. And, and yeah, um, that would be like the, and, and, and Atlas, of course, you kind of can just leave them to their own devices or whatever. Um, I think they'll be fine with that. Atlas is a weird one because like, you know, they have so much, they have a lot, they have a huge and growing fandom, but it's like, they're very, they're very slow about getting their titles out. I don't think we even have a, we don't even have a clue is to win their next Persona game is, and it nope. took for it took Persona forever. It took forever. It took for it took forever to get Shin Megami Tensei Five out. Yeah, so, <laughs> that took forever. So 
that, that that's something yeah that, that's something that'd be interesting to see if that like if any if they need more but like, yeah if like, any more resources ha- ha- would help i do know go ahead go ahead i was just saying if there's any publisher i think would be sensible for nintendo to gobble up if it be if if the game industry just devolves in the next year or two into just basically everyone buying up everyone else and it's it's just first party and indies only that's it um to me and people will say well that will never happen i'm like activision blizzard just got bought everything everything's on the table now i feel like nothing is sacred exactly <laughs> like every it means any not yeah like anything is pretty much possible and like Anything's even from possible, un- unlikely players is... i mean yeah, microsoft so... is, microsoft and sony are not the only players i mean you have tencent potentially who could like swoop in and mm-hmm. try and like buy up something uh, there, there's or, or or google or, or yeah, the, the, yeah fa- meta facebook meta whatever you want to call them like amazon like who knows what i mean even netflix i mean netflix could just try and swoop in and try yeah. and buy a studio so, or something like, if everything starts getting gobbled up and there's really nothing like if it's if it's a you know a feeding frenzy i'm like okay if you're nintendo i think i think you buy sega um yeah it, it just makes so much sense to me and if if you're sony or nintendo you absolutely try to put an offer out there to square like even if you don't get it yeah the thing with the, Square the, is the, their high-end <laughs> stuff will not fly on Switch, and I know they have a lot of big projects that they 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 they, they, sure, they really like. Sure. So I would see them possibly even but taking I mean, less it, money it, if, to go on PlayStation just to ensure that the diversity of their their lineups could be ensured that they could. But have the other games. problem there is if if it comes to a thing where everyone's trying to grab the last biscuit off the plate, right? Uh, Microsoft's going to outbid everybody. I mean, they they I mean they have a lot of money but like it's not infinite money eventually like you can, it's and more also, Sony has and also <laughs> while Activision Blizzard I don't think crosses probably and I'm not the legal expert here I don't think it crosses the threshold of approaching monopoly but as there are fewer and fewer scraps left on the table depending how many players are left it is going to start approaching that up where people are going to be like a little bit more scrutiny at who's buying who and being like, we might need to reevaluate this. I obviously, when it comes to movie studios and stuff, it's been pretty much a free for all. <laughs> like everything has like been allowed so far, but the talk has grown louder, especially after like all the Disney acquisitions about how much more mm-hmm. can Disney really buy before we start getting close to that, that, that the threshold, that potential threshold where they're too big. That, that's something yeah. they might have crossed a line here. So it yeah, doesn't, it, it, you know what? It's 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 weird. It doesn't seem to ever matter. You know. It, it, it never yeah. seems to matter. Like, no matter how much of a monopoly... As long as there's two the- people remaining, it's not a monopoly because there's two of them, right? It yeah, matter. it always they always seem to be some, some way... Monopoly's of- one. <laughs> they always... These big corporations always find a way to worm their way out of this this antitrust stuff. Yeah, so they got, the, they got the money and the lawyers. Again, yeah. again, yeah. again Simmons... I, I almost, you, you think legally this would create a problem but it just never seems to yeah it's not at that point yet i think for sure but again sega makes so much sense because of all the things you said and how much sega could potentially help with nintendo's own stuff and how many times have we asked for them to make a new f-zero it's like sega is always the one who comes up having the soccer wars and the the valkyria team being able to join up with maybe intelligent systems to do like more srpg type games like churn those out a little bit faster i mean that would bring all their expertise together i don't know if this interests you at all because i'm not familiar familiar enough with their history but any of the pso people with potentially teaming up with monolith soft i don't know like to do some kind of like 
online game project or something like that because the, the two of them <laughs> match up. I don't know have if that... The P- have the PSO team handle uh, handle the, the Xenoblade export. <laughs> <laughs> okay. it's, it's not happening otherwise. There you um, go. That would be a useful a use for them. <laughs> And then, like, yeah, potential of, like, an amazing 3D Sonic. I mean, we have Sonic Frontier. The jury is still going to be out on that because we haven't seen that game yet. But if it ends up not being spectacular, uh, like, Sonic games, because obviously they're not going back to uh, the team that made Colors anytime or not Colors, uh, Mania anytime soon. Uh, I think the next best people possibly equipped to handle that are the, the platform masters at Nintendo. Um, yeah. And even Nintendo could possibly leverage their relationships to reach out to some smaller studios. Like imagine like a way forward or a yacht club games, a yacht club, yacht club game, sorry, being able to work with like Sonic potentially. It's like, Hey, would you like to make a 2d Sonic? And yeah, there was a big rumor that uh, a bunch of people from Sonic team got poached by Nintendo Tokyo before this was before oh. forces came out. And I've heard it a lot where like a lot of people said the reason forces came out the way it did was because most of the team was poached by Nintendo Tokyo. Oh, interesting. I didn't hear about and, this. And went and went to work on Mario Odyssey. Oh. Um, so Odyssey I've heard that. Well. Yeah, see, that's what I've heard is like, you know, the problem with, you know, Sonic Team currently is that mo- like to- Nintendo Tokyo took all their talent. And I'm like, oh, really? Okay. <laughs> I mean... But, like, let's be honest. Whenever we hear about Mario and Sonic, we don't want to hear about Olympic Games anymore. We want to see a 3D platformer, <laughs> yeah, yeah. right? <laughs> like, this can make it happen. Like, uh, I think yeah. a lot of good can come for this, and it makes the most sense. But we could sit yeah, here. Yeah, and, and, and Japan's very, you know, still big in its homeland, um, at least from, you know, when I was in Japan right before the apocalypse hit. So Sega was still, a, you know, a, a big presence there. So, you know, just on the street, you know, and, 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 and just mind share and whatever. So it's like, yeah, like they're still there. They're still there's there's still a, um, a, a big presence in Japan, which I think Nintendo would like. Yeah. Um, and, and I think that's that I, Square Square is going to be like the 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 I don't know, not a wishbone, but it'll be like a three three pronged something or other where everyone's going to be trying to pull it apart if it came down to it where it's like everyone's trying to outbid yeah i think them. microsoft and sony would be in a pretty big bidding ward for for square Enix because they i think that 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 final fantasy potential just like it has so much potential and it's such a big yeah. franchise that that alone for for high end for like tri- another triple a franchise plus well, the, the interesting thing a lot of people probably don't their know, western though, stuff like, uh, Namco is probably one of the most is probably one of if not the most expensive Japanese publisher, oh. like because the the corporation in general of Bandai and Namco is actually much bigger than Square, and much much bigger than Capcom and Sega. So as as far as that goes, so if like you were to ever try to buy Namco, that would be way more money than SquareSoft. That's why I think Capcom it's not very Sega. likely to happen. And like the the thing I postulated to you before. Um, I think Nintendo would let Bandai go and find it, like figure out another way to forward with Smash Brothers if they did it before. Like, yeah, it always, and, and, and I mean, how how helped with it before in the past? So yeah, well, Smash is so far they're so far away from even yeah. Who knows what they're what doing? Do. Yeah, exactly. They got plenty of time. So yeah. Let, let, yeah. let, let me ask you this. We've been talking a lot about acquisitions theoretically for a while, and we could keep going for forever on this. It's a lot of fun. The last thing I want to talk about, though, Simmons, is um, the direction every all this seems to be leaned to, especially for, for Microsoft and the rumors from Sony, is that 
the the focus on library on on, on like mm-hmm. Xbox Microsoft has Game Pass. Sony seems to be having its own version of that coming out pretty soon, apparently to be unveiled possibly next month. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> it might even be unveiled. Yeah, the, so the, the Spartacus. Spartacus. What about a Nintendo Game Pass? Is this something Nintendo needs to yeah. seriously start considering at well, some point? Well, they already have it, and it's called a Nintendo Switch Online. Okay. And it, a real it, Game Pass. <laughs> it functions primarily the same way. You know, you you sign up for Nintendo's online service, you get access to a bunch of Nintendo and Super Nintendo games. And if you go the premium, you get N64 and Genesis for some reason. Um I don't understand that. Genesis. Genesis one still confuses me. This is why you should buy Sega, so you can have all the Genesis stuff. You don't have to charge a premium for it. Um, but yeah, this is where I, I feel Nintendo does have it, but it's going to eventually start being noticeable how much more of a value because you know I I, I get it when you're an because we're we're talking on a Nintendo. Um, yeah you know show right here and 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 there's a lot of people who are also probably majority uh i own a switch and a pc or a switch and a playstation or whatever um i'm I'm a new i'm a recent series s xbox owner and my god is the convenience of game pass outstanding like the convenience and and just the the simplicity of it is unbelievable unbelievable it, it is it is amazing and then knowing that the first party stuff is day one game pass like wow like it's you don't you don't know what you you know you know you don't you don't know what you got till it's gone but you don't know what you don't have until you have it either it can reverse is true so let's say spartacus is game pass and everything right all but name for sony all of a sudden now sony people are going to be getting a, a, a good taste of that value that xbox has that's when it starts coming back to nintendo going like so what value does nintendo's 50 dollars a year even though it still would probably be cheaper you break that i don't know what you break down 50 dollars. i mean it's it's what 10 bucks less than 10 bucks a month or something but like at the end of the day nintendo switch online expansion pass is gonna really start looking like a crappy deal like if Sony Spartacus is is as good a deal and a good a price as the the Xbox Game Pass, I'm not saying this because I'm a big shill for Microsoft or anything. I'm just saying like, man, when you have Game Pass and you see the number of games on there that are just immediately downloadable or immediately playable on their X Cloud, and it's it's cost you a dollar for the first month and fifteen, you know, for the ultimate version, which is PC and Xbox, it's and like EA Play. And EA and yeah, it includes the that. EA Origins. So it's like when you see how much further your dollar goes on Game Pass, and if Sony matches that with their thing, their rumored thing, that is really going to put, I think, Nintendo in a bad light um, as far as like value proposition goes, because it's it's basically gonna go back to being it's gonna look like it's gonna look like when Netflix took off and people were still sitting there like, Well, well, uh, I have my best buy membership well what you you still go out and buy dvds for your movies Uh, uh. you know it's good it's gonna start looking like that like you know where where nintendo's sitting there like well well we we have we have 
25 30 year old games yeah. i'm like and, and then like sony and Microsoft, well you can get brand new games day one with our online service like nintendo's I, thing is just not exciting i think is its biggest problem i mean i don't know if they were and intending it, and, and it to be but and it's such a drip feed of content like it's such know, a different game approach a month, two it's, games a yeah month. it's not even trying to do the same thing I want to know what Spartacus's price, like what Sony's price plans are, because that's going to, because I think they value their first party a little bit more than Microsoft. Um, I think it's going to be a little bit more expensive, but they might, they might try and undercut I, just to be a better value. Well, I feel like Sony's not going to offer day one new releases. Oh, so you think, think it's going to be a little bit modified? Well, that, think, this is all good points because I want to know how this plays out because it would bet it's going to help me better guess what Nintendo might do. Cause I don't think they're going to literally do what Microsoft cause Microsoft's plan com- uh, comes out to be $180 a year. If you do like the $15 a month, you do get your first month for $1 whenever you sign up, but like generally yeah. it's going to be $180 a year. So will Sony's be more expensive or as expensive or less expensive than that? And what well, does Sony's Sony, details include? Yeah. Well, Sony doesn't have a major PC store presence. So well, you know, they are you, starting you, to change that. <laughs> you, you, I mean, kind of, but I mean, like, you can do Game Pass for ten dollars, but I don't think it includes. You uh, can do the Xbox ten dollar ones. Yeah, you can do the ten dollar ones on console or PC. Um, the 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 console one does not include EA Play. Or sorry, the PC one does not include EA Play or the Access. Yeah. Only so the like console some, one does. Some give or take on that, but it's like so. Yes, Nintendo is still significantly cheaper, but. Oh, the PC does include EA Play. I'm sorry. The console one does not. I'm sorry. Oh. I had it backwards. Well, anyways, like my point is, is that like yes, Nintendo will still be cheaper, but what do you get right now? You get you get a very curated selection of Nintendo, Super Nintendo, and N64 and Genesis, whatever. Yeah, you know, and, every and you got Animal Crossing DLC, and that's it. That's like, it. yeah. If, I, if you have a, if you have an NES. Or a SNES Classic, this thing is I, yeah, like worthless I, I, yeah, to you. I, no, 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 <laughs> I, I, yeah, I, I, I totally get that. My thing is, I'm not full, like, yeah, I, I just see Nintendo being so resistant. Like, I want Nintendo to do a Game Pass thing eventually, but like, they seem like they're gonna be so resistant to it. And when they do it, I, I absolutely, don't think they, I absolutely think if they ever do do it, it's gonna be the most expensive for the least amount of stuff. They won't be resistant to it, and I'll tell you why. Okay. I, I think they won't because it seems to be the biggest and most brought up question at their shareholder meetings. Ah, okay. Every time. <laughs> the shareholder pressure, okay. At, at, at the quarterly shareholder meetings, they always kind of seem to be bugging them. What are you doing with your own? Because like, for them, you know, whatever these old these old fogey shareholder people are, they're always sitting there like, in their mind, what they understand is the buzz is subscription service. Now they know Nintendo has subscription service, I, I, I would bet you dollars they have no idea how it works or operates or what's offered. But what they are constantly asking is, what are you doing to get better subscription numbers? How are you boosting? Because for them, all they care about right now, all the shareholders care about, are you increasing the amount of subscription service numbers? Because that's where all the money is right now as far as, you know, the, that's the buzzword in the industry and whatever. So I actually do think Nintendo might make some maneuvers because this is what their shareholders are constantly bugging them about. So okay. if Sony, if Sony comes out next month, I mean, it would be also be better. Cause I think the shareholder meetings is in like a week for Nintendo, unfortunately. So we don't know what Sony's doing yet, but 
you know, if Sony comes out very soon with a wham, bam, you know, holy cow, look at this, you know, Game Pass equivalent on Sony, you know, and, and if they start getting their numbers, people start subscribing to Sony, Spartacus, and Mass. I think that's actually going to put pressure on Nintendo through not because of what the competition is doing, but because their shareholders are going to be like, what are you doing to increase? What are you doing? Well, what are you doing? Well, how are you competing? How are you making sure your subscription numbers are better than their subscription numbers? And that's going to pressure Nintendo to do something about it. So, and I think a lot of people already kind of like really side-eyed at that $50 a year. Oh, not for even, expansion pack. You know, and it's only, no, as you no, said, it's only a yearly option, not even yeah, a monthly. Yeah. No monthly option, it. nothing, just $50 a year. So, even if Nintendo ends up getting pressured to do a subscription, I still think they're going to have the weirdest subscription service possible compared to Microsoft and whatever Sony's thing. Because I don't think they're going to give you every new game in a year. I think there's going to be a limit. I think it's going to be a pick. You get to pick like X amount of games from a year in the current year that you get to play, like like maybe two. So like watch it be like $100 a year and you get to pick two games, two games from the year. It's probably going to be more than $100, but it's going to be like divided by 12, whatever it's going to be. And it's going to be, you get two games, you get to pick two games from the year and the yeah, others will not be included. Get, get, and then it. not only that, it's going to be a vaulted window of older games, like from, for switch. Like if it's on switch, you don't even get access to the previous switch library. You just get time gated stuff. That's what the vault's been prepping this for. They're literally going to rotate their games in and out of this damn thing in windows. They're absolutely going to do that until something otherwise tells them like, it does fails a bit like abysmally or they the shareholders like you could be making more money if you put everything on it please put everything on it like they put enough pressure but they're gonna do something weird like that at first i just imagine they are where it's oh, like yeah. not everything it's just some of your catalog and it's very restrictive because they know their consumers buy most of the games every year so like why would we give you them for cheaper wait what oh, i you know i i think with nintendo what it'll be is they'll be like okay fine Game Boy and Game Boy Advance, maybe some GameCube games, and we'll oh, give you, you a vouch- put Switch games on there. <laughs> no, no, actually, I don't. Okay, I, I actually, I actually think they'll avoid that as long as they can, um, and then they'll they'll do like a okay, it's going to cost one hundred twenty dollars a year, right? And they'll give you like two eShop tickets for a selected curated. You can pick two first party games that uh, that you that you that you can download for the Switch. And as long as you have a subscription, you can play those games, you know, but then you stop subscribing, you lose them. You lose lose access to them. I think think what's also most likely to start out with the current Switch Online, uh, the expansion pack, I think in the coming year, they're going to let you have the option to pick which DLC expansion content you want. Like, I bet multiple, at least two games come out with it. And if they don't give you both, they might let you pick which one you want. And that might be the testing ground for it's going to be a selection. It's going to be like a little bit of column A, a little bit of column B for your subscription. You don't get everything. You can just pick a certain amount from each kind of like category. And that's like your package. You put it together and they're going to brand it as like, oh, it's so flexible and good for you. And it's like maybe it I, could I, be. I don't know. I, I think the subscription model is kind of like, you know, it's already it's already happened. It's already happening. It's already kind of becoming like. The subscription model might just become the standard, you know, for... Oh, my God. What if they gated entire games behind it? (laughs) It could happen. It could easily happen. You can't... It's not about online. Like, you can't even buy this game if you don't have Switch Online. You don't have to, like... 
Well, I've said something like PSO would be a great yeah, thing. Yeah, you brought that up part before. Part of, of the NSO service. Like, I think that would be a, you know, that, that would be gated technically. Well, let me clarify. I'm not talking about like a Mario 3rd. I'm talking about like a pretty decent sized game. I'm talking about like they want like let's say a new F Zero comes out, but it's like not quite triple. It's like it's basically not like a successor to to, to, to GX. It's it's yeah. awesome, but like it's probably not worth sixty bucks. But they're like you can't even get it unless you're behind this thing. And like I'm not even talking about you need to be a subscriber to just get access to it. I think option to even buy it. I think I'm going greedy here. I'm going greed Ooh. Nintendo. It's like Ooh. you can't even buy it unless so if you got to pay to be a member then you could buy the damn thing can you imagine if they have a special garden you know of of, of the e-shop this part of the e-shop is locked behind <laughs> nso subscription only people all right okay i don't really think they're gonna do that that just is like this is like the extreme someone's gonna propose that to them and they're gonna be like they, they will consider it and then someone's like yeah that's nah let's just like that'll go over that. poorly yeah, that would cause so much backlash. But to be realistic, you're, you're right. Like, I think they will add more experiences to the expansion pack gate, like paywall, like a yeah, like and, a, and I think a, like a Mario 35 type thing or Tetris yeah. 99 or Pac-Man. 99. There's definitely more of those to come. But as you said, it's interesting because you think it's going to be more catalog stuff will be added. Where I think yeah, they I, might I, add I think, old I think Switch gonna, games to it mm, at some point. I think they're going to be dragging. New. I don't know. I feel like they're going to be, they'll be like cartoonishly, like, like, a, you know, dragging their heels or their hands, like, you know, clawing to the ground before they, you know, are told they have to offer, you know, a subscription yeah, model because for, for they're Switch about games. maximizing. They, they, they want full price. That's why they don't do discounts. They <laughs> take forever to do discounts. The Switch hardware still doesn't have a price cut. None of the three yeah. versions have had a price cut officially. Yeah, exactly. It's it's like, this is, this is their MO. So this is why subscription flies in the face of, the the, the the Game Pass model flies in the face of what they're trying to do, which is why I think whatever they do, if they ever try and expand it to be more comprehensive, it's going to mm -hmm. be the most expensive, I think, like, yeah. money-grabbing thing possible of any of the ones out there. Between the two things we talked about, I think, like, if Spartacus gets revealed very soon and it is as good as Game Pass, I think that forces Nintendo's hand to change sooner rather than say, okay, let's say Sony buys Take-Two in a couple months. I don't think that changes much of Nintendo's plans or whatever. But if Spartacus becomes a, it becomes a real boy and is as good a value as Game Pass and is coming out very, very, very quickly, per se, um, I think that will really start to force Nintendo's hands uh, more. Like they, They're not going to obviously knee-jerk react to it, but like I think if, if, if man, I'm just thinking... You know, the value of Game Pass with combined with Sony's first party library, that is going to put, I think, immense pressure on Nintendo to like do something. And because right now it's it's not that I don't like the the NSO or the games offered on it. I absolutely love them. They're all time classics. But the value, even for the price being as low as it is, it's not it's not anywhere close to like what the offerings are on Microsoft right now. And God help you know, God help Nintendo if, if Sony matches that that value. Yeah, so, I think it's going to definitely put pressure, a lot of pressure. Yeah, because then at that point, it's going to be like, yeah, okay, Nintendo, you can sit there and be, you know, yeah, be be the, uh, you know, be the Warner home video or be the home video market that refuses, <laughs> you know, to to go, you know, you know, be Blockbuster, you know, while, while Netflix is gobbling up, you know, the competition, like, you know, be that way. Like, I don't know, like, 
I feel like I feel like the Switch is popular as big as it is. Like Switches for a lot of people is is a machine that does one of mm, four things: plays Mario Kart, plays Animal Crossing, Smash Brothers, and Pokemon. Like it's mostly the machine that does that. Um, and that's not to say they haven't had. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not saying other games aren't successful in the Switch, but I'm just saying that like. Man, th- those those games I listed—they're in the tens of millions of copies sold. Like a lot of people, really, you know, it happened. And it happened with the Wii. It happened with the in kind of sort of with the Wii U. But it, you know, a lot of people just bought the Wii and got Wii Sports and Mario Kart alone. That was it. <laughs> but if I think there's a market out there for those people, those really casual types of lapsed gamers who are like, hey. If Nintendo had a service on the Switch that was as big a value as Game Pass, I think a lot of people who normally don't buy other video games, the people who just bought a Switch for Mario Kart and maybe one other thing, might go, you know what, I'll subscribe to that. And then they're going to start checking out and playing the other games. And it becomes a Trojan horse to creating fans for all of Nintendo's other games and IP. So some of their lesser hugely successful games all of a sudden start getting way more people aware of them. Because most people are like, you look, okay, I'm sorry, but like you go into to any game store right now, if any exist, and you look at a Switch and you're going to sit there and be like, okay, Mario Kart in Mario, I know what those are, I know what Pokemon is. I don't know how many people are going to be like, hmm, this arms game, $60, seems like a good deal. You know, like, and that's not to say ARMS is bad. It's just like, it's a new IP. You know, it's it's a whole new thing. But if it were on, if it was on a subscription service, like, like a Game Pass thing, like you said, like it was an older Switch title that you could download if you're subscribed, I think way more people start downloading. You know what? I don't know if I wanted to spend $50, $60 on this, but you know what? If it's part of the subscription service, I'll definitely okay. give it a whirl. The, the, I mean, you know? yeah, that's what game. I mean, that's exactly what Game Pass has been accomplishing. People are trying out, yeah, like, and, and, games and that people would say otherwise no to for a solid for a buy or like exactly. I will play this. And it's like and, giving games a chance. It, it, I think it's a way forward for games that used to be like succeed or fail based on sales i think there is a, a another path now because of the subscriptions yeah it, the problem is just really just getting nintendo to understand that that <laughs> look you you like with with regards to like frankly with arms or or even 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 more beloved games that are more niche just be like look you've reached the limit of people who are willing to spend full dollar for for arms for fire emblem for xenoblade You've reached the limit of people willing to spend $60 on that. But if you have the subscription model and people do download it and play it and become fans of it, now they're willing to spend $60 for ARMS 2 for the next Fire Emblem, for the next whatever, right? I think that's the value of, of having a subscription model that offers current games to that system mm-hmm. is that, you know, it... it it's your Trojan horse. All of a sudden now it's like, you know, I, I saw Kirby, but I was never interested in Kirby, but now that I can download star allies, now I'm a big fan of Star Allies. I'm going to definitely pick up forgotten land. Whereas that person would have just continued life forgetting about Kirby's existence because they were never really sure if they wanted to bite the bullet on a $60 um, purchase, you know, for that. But yeah, that's, that makes a lot of sense. Again, as you said, like the hesitancy from Nintendo is that they seem to see some of their titles that end up like 
swing for the fences and and just go huge like uh, super mario party like you like just doing huge amounts of numbers yeah. best selling and yeah entry. and the problem they, they, is i think they feel like any other games are at any moment are possible to like, have the possibility of doing that on switch because of like the the the, the 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 install base of that system and the momentum it has so i see even even taking an older game like i'm for this simmons i actually think this is a good idea i could see the counter argument from nintendo is that People are just going to start thinking, I just have to wait for a game. I don't need to buy it anymore. I'm going to wait for it. And Nintendo hates that. Nintendo really does not like people passing on opportunities. Like they want, when they're doing something new, they want it in the moment. That's like, 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 I think that's why they started doing the vault thing. That's why I think it's going to be a rotational thing to keep you guessing because I don't think they want you to have expectations like that. I think they're absolutely going to like tweak that because it becomes too predictable. They, they're going to say we're leaving, we're losing sales because people now know how to play the game. This are like the system, the the, the subscription system. But I, I, I think that's their that will be their mentality, but I think it's the wrong mentality. No, I do too. I think it's the wrong mentality to have too, but convincing Nintendo that's the wrong mentality, I think is gonna take a little bit more time than we're thinking. So I think out of the gates, if they ever do something like that, it's gonna be probably I believe personally it's gonna be more like what I described than than Hold even on, like, than even just like offering the like any game before two thousand nineteen will just be on there. Like it'll be a two year delay. I don't even think they'll do that. I think they're gonna make it a rotation. And it changes every few months. Indulge me on this, but here's why. Indulge me a little bit. This is why you want people to become fans of things. What they don't get is that if people start valuing your brand and IP more than just, because the idea is like people will devalue it if they can just get it for free if they wait long enough. Yeah. But let's say like you create, you, you believe in your product and you become a mega fan. Then you start becoming like me where it's like, I don't want just any version. I want a special edition version. In fact, I want a special edition version from other I mean, countries. This is this is Atlas. <laughs> this know? is literally Atlas. So, this is Atlas you know, and, 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 and maybe I want one of those for for you know to keep sealed up, you know, and 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 maybe you know maybe I just like the the company the developers so much, you know I'll get a special edition you know for that one and then oh you know what I need a Japanese you know special edition of of Xenoblade as well. So it's like that's what happens when you people become so yes. really big fans of a franchise. That's and here's the thing. True. People know me as kind of like the monolith guy. I did not like that company 15 years ago. I thought they sucked. I, <laughs> I, I thought, I thought Xenosaga was everything wrong with video gaming. It's just cutscenes. There's like hardly any gameplay and it's stiff and boring when it does happen. But now, now, now they're my favorite developer, well, you know, there's that's because we took a chance importing, you know, Xenoblade yeah. one on on the UK version when that came out. But it's like, I guarantee you, there's a lot of people like me who are like, I'm not really into that genre or that game. But hey, you know what? People like it. I'll download it. I'll try it. I, I think that's the more important point to take away is like there are fans who are in waiting that like just need a low that lower barrier to entry. This is why I like Fire Emblem uh, Heroes so much on phone. Why I championed that game is because it was a good gateway. Free to play. Try out the concept of Fire Emblem. If you hate gotcha shit, if you hate microtransactions, you know what? You can buy a whole Fire Emblem game for a fixed price and it's better. It's a yeah. better experience than that phone game. It's not updated frequently like it. So if you want that, that's a 
little bit different story. But if you like it for its gameplay, there's a like it won over people. So I, I agree with yeah. you with like for that for sure. I just think the 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 issue with like buying special edition stuff like that's definitely true. But like that's like the the the, 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 the that's like a very that is a large a group of the large wallet the whales so to speak. But like those aren't enough to sustain. But like you're uh, but to your point though. I do think that this is like the bigger picture here is like there is a benefit to getting a lower barrier of entry for some of the games that people would otherwise never try out, never because they don't want to pay yeah. full price for that. Well, and that's is, what we got. That's what Nintendo needs to f- hopefully realize at some point that that benefit <laughs> is going to outweigh whatever their 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 historical thing of like, no, we want as many people to buy our games at maximum price possible. It's like. There is another way, and, and Microsoft's I starting to show you. I, and if Sony yeah. does it, yeah, Sony starts showing. It's like these other companies are showing you the way. You used to be the one that led. Like you're about disrupting the industry yeah. and stuff. Like you actually aren't doing that right now. Right now, Microsoft is doing that with Game Pass. Like that is, and they're just taking it yeah. from other from other mediums that already did this first. They're just like they, they took the chance. And what's funny is they got criticized. Well, I'm one of the most vocal critics of their stumbling that they did at the Xbox One from the Xbox. The fall from 360 to Xbox One was in their biggest misfires. I will go back and say now they had some good ideas. It was just like execution and messaging was terrible. And they were also way too soon uh, at the time, but someone has to start somewhere. And I think we're starting to see that pay off just like at some point in the future, when we look back at Google stadia and Luna and stuff like, man, those are big misfires. Someone had to start somewhere, but like in like another 10, 15, 20 years, cloud gaming is probably gonna be everywhere and pretty standard. And we're gonna be like, well, someone had to try. So, Nintendo, I, I feel weirded out sometimes when Nintendo is so anti, like, improving online, anti trying out, like, but like these more robust subscription services because yeah. they seem these, like, they're all about technological disruption, like, innovative, like, gameplay experiences because they're about the games. But, like, I feel sometimes when it comes to the business model, like, that the, they've become, they've been in, like, an, I feel like they've been in an echo chamber for too long about what works with them because, like, it has been working yeah. for five, for about five years for them with, with right. Switch. And, and Miyamoto brought it up, I think, at the last investors meeting where he's like, oh, Nintendo's very big on lateral thinking, as they call it, lateral technology, which he, he said was kind of championed by Gunpei Yokoi, where, you know, it's like, why aren't you technologically savvy? He's like, because we like to find lateral uses. We like to find new uses with existing technology rather than try to be cutting edge and, and lose so much money and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know what? Honestly, if Nintendo wants to sit here and ride out, you know, the the, the Switch and its dinosaur chipset, you know, for another four plus years, I think having a sort of Game Pass like subscription for the Switch would be more beneficial to keeping this this ancient hardware going. You know, I think it's I think it is part of lateral lateral exactly, thinking Simon. that they talk about. That's such a good so. point because imagine how many new people because even at a hundred plus million units sold. There's still how many people in the damn world and how many people can afford and want to play games. There's still a lot out there technically. There's still a much higher upper threshold. Can you imagine what how like that up the, to convince new people to jump in at this point? If you had oh it's two hundred dollars for like the base switch or sorry a switch or three hundred dollars for a base what is it now I forget what's the switch not OLED the uh, base switch still two ninety nine ninety nine right yeah two ninety because they have a price cut so three is a series S yeah. Well, if you're going to still ask $300, imagine if it came with, like, one-year subscription to Nintendo Game Pass or whatever, which means in collection to all existing games. Like, new games are not going to be on it, but, like, you have access to the entire Switch library. As a new person jumping in, that's a pretty, like, that's a pretty good value, isn't it? Like, 
I yeah. bought a Switch, and now I have every Switch game out on it right now at my fingertips. You know, and, it, and the crazy thing is, is that the Switch actually has a lower attach rate than the Wii does or the DS did. Um, just sort of as a sort of a side note here, in that like, well, the games are selling like hotcakes. Like the idea is that like they don't. I'm like they are selling like hotcakes. They really are. However, you know, on on a on a attach rate system to ratio, more people who owned a Wii bought more games for it on average on average you had more you know people bought nine plus games for their system on average and right now the average for for the switch is hovering somewhere around six yeah, um, so it's, yeah it's lower i so mean you already actually, i mean you already made the point though with like your four things like a lot of people just buy the system for one of like a handful of games experience like that's why Mario Kart 8 Deluxe keeps charting and why Skyward or it's not it's not Skyward Sword, Skyward Sword wishes. Ah. Uh, Breath of the Wild keeps charting as well, pretty much, you know, in the top twenty because it's the games people want. And those two are like enough for a lot of people. Like the, the yeah. those three or four game experiences are enough for, for a lot of people. So you gotta and, and like how do you get those about, people to get more about, invested? Yeah. Well here's the other thing about Game Pass is that sometimes they offer sales for games on game pass yeah. i didn't know this I, and I didn't i'm like what's the point and they're like well you place. know if you ever just if you ever just cancel your subscription you know there was a they offered a sale at a and certain you bought time it, like, you keep it okay now you own it yeah now it's no longer a part of game now it'll just stay in your in playstation your plus forever. does that right now even for spartacus that's one of the playstation plus benefits is you can get sales on certain games and then that sale price is only available on there like Absolutely, Nintendo Switch. I know there's the gold coin system with Nintendo. That that's how they reward you. You buy games, you get currency, uh, and it lets you buy. It. But like, it's how it's I such a, most of my fighters. It's, <laughs> but it's also such a convoluted system. Uh, I feel like it would just be simpler if they like switched over to like if you're an expansion pack subscriber, like one like this year, like for this mm -hmm. month, you can buy Bayonetta two, or, or you can buy like uh, Animal Crossing New uh, New Horizons for like. Forty nine ninety nine or thirty nine ninety nine this month, and you keep yeah. it. You get to keep it, 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 it like something. Or you can buy Super Mario Super Mario Odyssey thirty nine ninety nine. Like now they do have sales every now and then, but like this this. And I, and I don't yeah. know how many. I don't know how much. You know, if you're a Game Pass subscriber, I I don't know how many people actually do that. Or like yeah, I'm not sure how buy strong a game. I don't know how strong the sales are, but they're there. It's an offer there. I which I was surprised by. For me, it usually is like I play a game on the cloud. And I'm like, do I like this game? Yeah, I like this game. And then I'll just literally click, you know, a little game tab and be like, download the game. So I don't have to play it on the mm -hmm. cloud anymore. And that's kind of amazing. Like, yeah. You know, amazing, convenience thing. And I, I Switch could do that. There's nothing stopping Switch from having the same exact kind of feature where it's well, like, okay, play a whole bunch of games on the cloud. Do you like the game? Yes, download it to my system. Going back to the very beginning here, they just need a partner who can help them with their their, their online infrastructure improve so that like actually becomes a convenient <laughs> thing to do and not a headache, a nightmare yeah. on their current system. But, well, well, we'll see what the future holds for, for Nintendo as we... Uh, we move further I feel into like the year. <laughs> I feel like February is going to be very, very interesting. Almost a fear I, I have is that like Nintendo will have a direct next month, which I want. Don't get me wrong, but like they'll have a direct and they'll have a bunch of games people are going to be super psyched about. And this whole conversation is going to be completely forgotten, even by even by myself. Yeah, um, <laughs> because so. that's what they do. Because that's kind of what, yeah, that's kind of what they do. Is just kind of like, you know, everyone's kind of like, what's Nintendo going to do? What's Nintendo going to do? New Kirby trailer. Oh my god, I love Nintendo. Yeah, that's all they're going to do. Is like they're going to show off like some like something from one of the big up upcoming games, and 
we're distracted enough that we, we, we kind of forget about this to, 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 you know, keep putting pressure. But you know what, as you said earlier, I think what really is going to be is like when other companies start more and more of them start doing this, the investors keep putting this pressure on Nintendo. Eventually, I think they're going to have to give something to them at some point. So like, I, I, I think st the wheels have been set in motion that cannot be undone. Like, you know, <laughs> the, the Lord of the Rings quote from Gandalf yeah. in the movie is like, these are now in motion, like things cannot be undone. Like, I think we're on this path and whether Nintendo likes it or, uh, or not, at some point within the next five years, I think they're going to have to look at their business model and make some some alter alterations because I think they're going to have to keep up. I think Spartacus could be a big disruptor for specifically Nintendo. Um, yeah, because when, when all your competition is offering a subscription-based you know, thing for new games, not 25-year-old games, but for new games, I think that's when things start becoming a little more... You know, people start like turning their head a little bit more going like, well, why aren't you offering this? You know, like uh, I know Nintendo marches to the beat of their own drum, but they still make video games the same as everyone else. <laughs> you know, it's it's not like Nintendo doesn't make video games, you know, at all. So, um, yeah, I, I, I think I think it'll be very, very interesting, depending. I think a lot of it depends on, you know, Spartacus is real. And then of going back to the other things like. Does Sony start making any big acquisitions? Because again, the more the more acquisitions that happen, the less games there are. Period to show up on Nintendo. Mm -hmm. You know, even if it's even if it's a developer or publisher that pretty much has like no presence on Nintendo, taking just being getting acquired by someone else means that like, well, now they're never going to show up on your system. Now that 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 bridge can never be repaired. You know, so. You know, it, it, you know, at one point, you know, you kind of wonder like Nintendo's shown it can weather a storm on its own with its own internal stuff. But um, as as this whole industry moves further and further and further into a a digital and subscription based model, um, I hope Nintendo doesn't wait too long, you know, to catch up because, quite frankly, I, I, they have such a great library. Their library is so you know, effing good. And, you know, um, and they know it. And that's probably why, and again, that's why they want to still charge you 60 for everything, but you know, it's, it's still so, you know, so dang good that, you know, it's like, I want, I want Nintendo to do this just, just for me, just to have that, you know, just so I can have access to Nintendo's library as easily and conveniently as what the competition's doing, you know, like mm -hmm. it's good. It, he's doing a little greedy and self interest maybe, but like, Hey, you know, it's, Nintendo, man, I would, I would love to be able to just boot up Golden Sun, you know, one and two, just whenever I wanted. I would love to be able, you know, to to say boot up Pikmin one and two, F Zero GX on the GameCube, and just go online and say, hey, who wants to play online on F Zero GX right now? I'd love, you know, just hey, let's do it. Awesome, great. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, I kind of really would like this. I would really like Nintendo to jump on this. If 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 Sony's jumping on it too, I'd really like Nintendo to jump on it too as well yeah mm -hmm. well thanks matt for uh for 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 joining me and uh talking about mm -hmm. uh the impact of this uh this landmark acquisition from microsoft and uh what nintendo might need to do about it and as you said probably very likely next month we might be hearing some more about nintendo's plans probably not about this but 
Uh, yeah. I, I, I imagine we'll hear. I, I am. Yeah. yeah, I was gonna say. I think I think next month I'll just be like here's a direct. Yeah. Here's a bunch of games that you. All here's our answer re- to your Spartacus: is we got more games, and you're gonna buy yeah, them we, at we, full we, price. We, we, we got the games you really want. They're sixty bucks each. <laughs> yep. Good night. <laughs> yep, 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 for sure. Um, and uh, thank you to our. our uh, we have some uh, shout outs for the month of January. These are our big uh, two hundred dollar and up patrons. Um, shout outs to Elthanis, Greg the Dark Knight Kettering, Caleb Togi Crawford, and Nick. Shout out. Thank you so much. And uh, yeah, Simmons, for our listeners and our viewers, if they want to follow you and check some more of your stuff out, uh, where can they uh, find that? Uh, I run sort of the archival channel for Yo Video Games at youtube.com slash Yo Video Games. And I personally twitch at twitch.tv slash assist me doom. I'm a bit of a variety streamer. I do like my RPGs and my platformers a lot. Um, every every Monday, I play specifically Monolith Soft games. So if you ever want to like come and talk Monolith Soft, which is a, hey, it is a first-party Nintendo developer that they own, which, which we didn't even bring that up. That's one of the few times Nintendo ever bought anyone was Monolith Soft. Um, but yeah, I cover all their products on, on uh, Mondays, Monday nights. So yeah, you can hit me up on twitch.tv slash assistmedoom. Nice. And uh, until next time, everybody, may the way of the hero lead to the Triforce. 